Welcome to the Go Digital Jason Low Show, where I interview business owners and founders alike on their strategies in digital transformation and how they scale their businesses to the next level. If you are looking to grow digitally, then this is the podcast for you. Stay tuned for today's special guest as this podcast starts in 3, 2, 1. Yo, Chen Chao is the co-founder of Fave, one of the fastest growing digital merchant platform in Southeast Asia. Fave connects millions of consumers with thousands of local businesses, ranging from restaurants, cafes, retail spas, salons, you name it, they've got it. So let's welcome Chen Chao to the show today. So firstly, I would like to give a shout out to Angeline, a good friend of mine. Uh, and it was because of Angeline that she actually went out to connect me with uh, the guest for today, which is Chen Chao. Hey there, Chen Chao. Welcome to the show, man. Hi, Jason. Yeah, great, great to be in the show. And thanks a lot, Angeline, for the connecting. <laughs> yeah, man, she, she really go off. So and Angeline really helped me connect to a few people. So that's great with her. So yeah, I know that... Um, so we, we all of us Malaysians, basically, we know what is faith. We know what faith has been doing, you know, all the initiatives that have been going on and things like that. However, I'm, I'm a, a bit more interested to find out a little bit like way beyond faith you know like many many years back because um uh, uh, thanks for audra you know your uh, colleague that set this up and she sent like this short bio of you so i managed to read a bit of your past history and i found that you used to actually uh, be a management consultant from accenture right so i would like to uh how many years ago was this uh when you were still like working with another firm so i started in consulting accenture in 2005 okay (laughs) wow yeah, so I think the, uh, I was there for three years. And I think during the time in Accenture Management Consulting, I think it been pretty interesting learning curve. I think working on different clients, projects, and uh, create value adds to, to, to drive them on analytics, segmentations, campaign, and stuff. And I think one fun fact when I was in Accenture is that some of my teammates in the same project in Accenture went on to join Anthony and Huiling to build what is crap today. So a few of the key grab leaders actually came from the same project in a section. Oh, what, what kind of special project that created so many top tech startups these days? <laughs> Is it also a very digital related project for your client at the time? Or it's mostly essential projects even way back already very digital oriented? Yeah, it was very data analytics. So I think we were, at the time we were serving a client at Telco. So basically looking into campaign analytics. So I think the, the, that was Pre, I think that the, the day where before people everyone using surfing phone for internet, right? So those days where we were analyzing things like when you people that who send SMS to call to at the UK, upsell them to call UK, those kind of things in those good old days. Right, right, right. <laughs> good old days, so fifteen years back. So I, I think a lot have changed since then. So so right after that, you you jumped into uh, the job strip group, is it? Yes. It's currently called Seek Asia, if I'm not wrong. Was it like of similar roles? So for in job street, I was a product manager. So I think it was quite a coincidental. I I bumped into the job street leaders, and thanks to Kip, who was a co-founder of Job Street, and then he connected me to Suresh, who currently leads Sig Asia. That time he was the COO of Job Street, and then from there I met with different leaders, including Mark, the founder, and I think from there I decided to join. I think for Job Street, my first role there uh, as a product manager was focusing on fresh graduate student segment. So understanding a student segment created a job street English language assessment, which 11, 12 years later today, people are still taking it on job street and millions of people have taken that test. 
So how, when, when was it that you decided that uh, it's time to venture out and try to start a digital platform of your own or, or some kind of digital service? Uh, was it straight away with Group On Group at that time? So Group On, I actually joined as an employee. So, so when, uh, at that time in early 2011, Group On acquired Group Small. So Joel and Kylie started that. And on the day of acquisition, I actually text them and say congratulations. And then on the Chinese New Year first day, Joel decided middle of the night, uh, Facebook messaged me and said, hey, free for a chat. So I went to meet him at 10 p.m., I think on the third day or fourth day of Chinese New Year, and didn't know that it's a job interview, so I went in t-shirt, shorts, and slippers. So he came with Anisha, so the, our head of people currently for Faith, and he, she was also head of people back then for Groupon Malaysia. So so we, we chatted, and that night I got a job offer. To join as an inside sales. So, so I think the rest after that, I think a lot of people can read like what happened, you know. So from group on the group, you guys move towards faith, and then you guys are really building faith Asia right now, and so on. So uh, from from what you uh, told me earlier on, like ever way since way back, you know, you guys have been doing technology that uh, benefits people, benefits businesses. So from your fifteen years of experience so far, do you see like um that like what what was the biggest obstacle? Was it hard to really get people to believe in what you guys were doing? What you know the acquisition part? Because even now a lot of companies feel it <laughs> feel it's hard for SMEs or traditional SMEs to adopt to digital solutions. What about what about back then? Was it the different kind of method to convince compared to now? Yeah, so I think there are different, I think different types of uh, things that people start doing. So if you think back, let's say take Zoom out back then, right, in the uh, 2005 or so, those days, I think the first few things that people do back then was Air Asia, buying plane tickets, Maybank to you for bank transfer. I think those were the early days of Malaysia transactions, right? And then in the fast forward about early 2011 or so, Groupon and a bunch of daily sites, daily deal sites were the one the norm that back then, right? So I think people were buying a lot of those things. Then those things are most people buying from laptop, huh? not from mobile yet. So before yep, yep. really mobile app, people are still buying on the web and stuff. And then I think from the 2012, 2013, where Lazada generations come in, and then I think eventually Grab came in. And I think those were the 2013, 14, 15, kind of 20, 15 years. And I think where in 2015, we left Groupon and we had a one year non-compete to wait through. So that's why we started KFIT. And then in 2016, we launched Faith. So in terms of, I think, obstacle-wise is that I think the one part is people's confidence, right? And I think today, the people age maybe between below 40, below 40, 45, 50. I think people are all very comfortable already buying things online. I think compared to five years ago, 10 years ago, people today are spending most of the things online. And I think now with the coronavirus, people are all talking about 100% cashless, like what China is doing. So people will be, I think post-coronavirus, whenever people hold a cash, people will worry because you don't know who has touched the cash before and whether there will be virus there. So I think digital will move. So I think always in most market is the consumer will move first. And I think right now, this COVID actually gave a chance where digital asset companies, SMEs, whether, and even large companies had no choice. They had to go digital. Back then where people was like, oh, digital signature maybe cannot. But now if you can't do digital signature, you can't do signature, right? So you can't move. So a lot of, if you don't want to sell payment on digital, now you have to, right? So I think basically it's a leap. And I think some people may have seen like on WhatsApp, people were spreading and say, what is the fastest contributor of 
the digital, right? Is it CEO, C- CTO or whatnot? It's not. It's coronavirus. I think that basically jumpstart everyone. I think today, at most businesses that have no digital presence would likelihood do zero. And I think connecting back on their obstacle back then was a confidence, right? They have not done it. I mean, their people haven't done it. So I think that's one part. And I think the other part that for a lot, some of the SMEs who are purely on cash was they don't want to leave paper trail of their transactions. So I think hopefully this thing will actually move forward as well that they now know that they have no choice but to embark on all, all these things, right? And what we found is people that will embark on some form of digital has a, a lot more openness to embark on multiple other way. I think Cecily, the founder, uh, the CMO, Tara, Tara, Tara was actually talking about it, like things since they embark on faith, their staff, which can mostly consider 40, 50 old aunties, are now very much more comfortable to do more things digital. Yeah, you, I mean, you gave a very a great outlook of like how the situation is right now. I mean, even before, I mean, if I've, so I've started this like a uh, podcast series since last year. And at that time, we were talking about, oh, so 2020, well, <laughs> it was supposed to be well, some digital 2020, you know, what would be the main instigator to actually get Malaysians or uh, all the businesses on board digitally and things like that. <laughs> Everyone gave different opinions. No, no one would have predicted that it was because of like a global pandemic like this that actually p- pushes so many business owners to, to, you know, to do things that they've never done before. Because other than that, they, they wouldn't really know what else to do, right? They, so then they just go on social media and then that, that's where I think the media plays a role into like spreading stories of how like platform, digital platforms like you guys are doing all kinds of initiatives to, to, um, to upskill them, to, to bring them digitally, to at least help them to earn something during this period and whatnot, right? So I would like to uh, touch on the initiatives that uh, Faith has been doing during this MCO. So before this, right now, we are taking a short break. Coming right back, uh, I'm going to talk with Chencha more on how the current situation affects Malaysian traditional SMEs. So stay tuned, guys. Faith is the next-generation digital merchant platform that empowers offline merchants to grow and connect with their customers in a whole new way. Faith is on a mission to accelerate the offline world's transition to the digital economy by putting growth at the center of their merchants, their customers, their people, and their partners because they believe that growth is good for everyone. So head on over to myfave.com today. That is M-Y-F-A-V-E.com today check out how faith can help your businesses grow welcome back guys you're tuning to the go digital with jason low show and for today's episode i have chen chao with me the co-founder of faith asia so faith is uh, very well known among the local community uh, we know that they have been an app a platform to, to actually kind of digitize um to bring tradition sms online in in a very do you guys actually call yourselves an e-commerce company because there are transactions going on where you guys actually give back to the SMEs and whatnot? Uh, we call ourselves a merchant digital platform. So basically, right. think of it is like, let's say for a restaurant, our goal is to have them digitize across board, right? So accepting multiple different mm-hmm. payment methods, uh, driving new customers through the, our deals, uh, uh, bring back customers, retention customers, which is FaithPay. So FaithPay is a loyalty service, not an e-wallet, but we, we adopt a QR uh, method of payment as well. And then people do e-cards, digital gift cards for basically stock value, which is like Starbucks stock value, review ratings, insights. So I think one cool thing we did was every month we auto-generated about a million slides to be sent to our merchants. So every merchant's got about 30 slides also, analyzing their business, how they're benchmarking, what are the aspects that they do. So basically take those things that typically big company has analysts doing 
how do we enable for them? We do table ordering where digitize people's menu, take away, people can nearby can order. So I think basically looking at what the big businesses can do and how do we enable that for everyone. And all of these are provided with no capex. I know when you mentioned this, right, I, I got reminded of uh, something that happened to me, I think last year, some somewhere. So so my office is in like Sunway Velocity right now. So I, I eat frequently in the mall, of course. And I do see fave uh, promoters coming to uh, tables in restaurants to actually promote the usage of the fave app. So it's, you know, these kinds of uh, awareness activities, which I think a lot of business owners take for granted. Because most of the time when I, uh, when I consult business owners, they'll tell me, hey, my digital, this thing doesn't work. Lah. Nobody use, nobody know about it, no awareness. They only do Facebook ads and things like that. So re- really, uh, companies that really want to make their digital service or digital product really work, you have to do all kinds of uh, activities. When, you know, you, got, you can't rely on online being your only channel of promoting your brand for awareness so you you have this kind of other add-on services we have people actually guiding the uh, more mature more elderly people I, I've seen it was a girl I remember at that time so it, it was like a chicken rice shop or some uh, Hainan chicken rice shop or something like that and you you have like um, auntie uncle wow, do blur blur do not use the faith app and things like that and at least this promoter is there to stand by to teach them how to onboard you know this kind of digital activities right in their hands so it's, it's sometimes it's not really like the elderly or the more mature audience do not really want to use digital services. It's mostly no one really is there to teach them and guide them. And you know, like, typically their children will be like, I are really easy to teach their parents how to do this, how to reload e-wallet and things like that. So I think those were among the very good initiatives that I saw Faith did to really promote the usage of these kind of digital transactions through the app and to the merchant and things like that, right? So currently... Uh, when we talk about the MCO, a lot of uh, businesses have been uh, launching their own initiatives to try and help their merchants or their existing customer base deal with the current situation. You have like a store hub, you know, they did their BPIT system immediately, allowing food delivery and things like that. And and for Faith, uh, you guys, uh, I've seen it's in the news, it's, it's quite uh, talked about along the news in the Facebook groups. So you guys have been trying to launch the Save Our Faith initiative, right? Maybe Shinchai, you'd like to talk a bit about this initiative? Yeah, so I think as the MCO happened on the 18th of March, right? So I think what we see was that a lot of businesses, especially, let's say, take FMB, basically their business plummet, right, significantly. And I think that for those that, so I think a bunch of them decided maybe we're not even open. Some of them, when they open, their business went significant uh, down. And for those, their remaining business, some of them through food delivery as well. Unfortunately, they also have to pay quite a bit to right hailing the platforms, whether grab food or food panda to, to drive the delivery. Of course, I think we also understand the platform require quite a bit of cost, right? So it's a balancing it on that. So I think where we see was that uh, we, we were inspired from what has been happening in outside of Malaysia as well. And I think we see that, okay, one of the things is how can we put money into the hand of SME during MCO? So I think that's where Save Our Faith came about, where basically we work with businesses and said, hey, why don't you put your gift card, right? We, which we call it e-cards online. So let's say TGIF e-cards, JuiceWorks, La Juiceria, whichever brands that you put it up. And people can basically pre-buy the gift card. And as consumer purchase the gift card, we pay the businesses even before the customer walk into the shop, right? So the customer has six months to spend, but the money is already in the hand of businesses. And I think that's what we have been doing. And we, over the last 
four or five weeks since we launched this, I think more than 500 brands have come to us to sign on to put up on uh, this e-card price. I think this brings quite a bit of uh, attractions and a lot of celebrities as well. So from Harif Iskandar to many other different celebrities came together and said they, they want to chip in to help. And I think the key goal is how can we help the local businesses to succeed? So I think this was our save our faith to basically build on. And I think from there, we over the last couple of weeks, what we also built upon is that how can we enable those that have their own capability to, to deliver or those that already plug into those third-party delivery, whether Grab Express, Lala, Moco, Get, and all those things, to be able to come on our platform because they couldn't get a customer. So how can we help them bring customers for them? So I think that's where we also uh, launch our delivery aspects of it, right? But not at the definitely far, far lower rate than all the food delivery platform. So I think that was another aspect that we do. So the delivery, let's say during Ramadan, quite a lot of hotels, including like Eastin Hotel, Four Seasons Hotel, a bunch of those actually partnering with us to sell their hotel food. A lot of restaurants coming on board to sell their buka puasa or the iftar meals. And I think enable that. And also groceries. So today you can actually go to Faith and buy your vegetables, uh, fish, prawn, chicken and everything. So I think it's enable all this delivery. And I think it's after people purchase their voucher, they basically just WhatsApp with their sellers. So I think bring the technology to the lowest common denominator. Most sellers would know how to use WhatsApp. So they just arrange. Money has been paid, just arrange, and then they just ship over. Right, right, right. You're right. How, how was the uh, Rakyat's response to this? Have they been very supportive as in like your user database? Have they been very supportive into like getting all these gift cards to really show their support to local businesses? Yeah, definitely. I think there's been quite a bit and I think that we have seen even on social media, I think there were a few of the posts actually generated 40,000 likes to 20,000 likes per mm. post, right? So, so I think in the end is the way we, we did it was basically every people to pledge that they I would save this restaurant, this retailer, and those retailer restaurants may not even be on faith, but basically enable people to say, I miss the food from this place and whatnot. I'm going to try to do my best to save them through this way and challenging their friends to do it. Like think of the ice bucket challenge, but I think enabling driving that. So I think that's what we did and building on it. So do you think you will extend this this kind of initiatives uh, beyond MCO or do you think that uh, you, you guys are just going to like try to keep it during MCO and then see how it goes after this? Yeah, so I think actually the e-card feature was already on us before MCO. It's just that the, we what we did was we basically since the 18th of March and we actually going until 31st of May, every transaction we zero-rise the, the margin. That means we don't charge merchant anything including those merchants that have a contract that are going to pay us any margin. During this period, everything is, uh, we're not earning anything. We absorb all the credit card fees and everything. 100% of money go to the businesses up front. These are what would allow all these kind of merchants to continue to survive beyond MCO. So we know that uh, during MCO, uh, you know, all these kind of uh, services and digital platforms are out there to help them. But we also do know that um, a lot of merchants and retailers are that... Uh, even though there are sales here and there, it's still not enough to cover what they actually make in a month or in a day. So do you, what, what would you think uh, or what would you advise people? Like, okay, so after MCO ends, everyone will be like scrambling to try and earn money, try to, to, to gain sales and whatnot. What do you think will happen after MCO in, in, in light of the current situation? Yeah, so I think it's, I think for all the, 
businesses, right, whether online or offline business, I think is try to in, uh, think of the norm, right? And I think is I think no one will know exactly how people behave. I think some of the behavior that we start to adopt during this period of time, people may continue, right? So let's say even though this podcast, you may decide that maybe some of this will be done virtually versus face-to-face, right? So, so I think businesses as well. So I think there will still be social distancing after MCO leave, uh, leave off, right? Whether in May or June or not. So I think the people will be gradually. So I think there will be certain aspects that people will go back to normal and there will be certain aspects that people may not be. So I think the key that I think one thing that Reid Hoffman, the founder of LinkedIn was uh, sharing on was that I think for every business out there is think reflecting on your business and think which part of your business that you think would recover fastest, which part of your business will recover slowest, and which part of it may not recover at all. So I think those are some of the things, and then which are the new opportunities or which are the new threats, right? So because every business are trying different things during this, this period of time, some for survival, some for opportunities, and I think that is that basically during this period of time, basically whether those who are big may no longer be big. I think now it's basically an opportunity for everyone again to restart and re- recompete, right? So I think it's a re- new, new landscape. And I think like whether in June, July, August, September, even there will be different new trends, different new ways. So I think it's a good time to try, come in with some hypotheses and make it, right? And I think the Jonathan Craig, I think from owner's circle, I think he did a few talks for our merchant as well, advising on which aspects to think about, reflecting, and what to pivot, what is a new creation. So let's say like restaurants that used to be show, showcasing their cooking style on face-to-face. Right now, how do you do it? So maybe it's through virtu- uh, video with a sound, with very clear picture to illustrate it. So, And how basically each of those things is, how do you drive it, right? So let's say even ticker things for events, maybe very different in the future, right? Massage, I don't know whether massage will be different, but there could be just how people buying things, electronics, maybe live streaming, selling will be coming as a play. Delivery will definitely become much more prominent. It's just at what stage and different way, right? So I think different people will be creating new norms. So I think it's thinking of the norms that you think will be relevant for your business. All right, man. Hey, thank you very much for that really detailed you know, thought process of uh, how, how you should think, how you should actually angle your business problems to you know, do relevant solutions and things like that. However, just just a side note, I'm, I'm just curious to find out, right, Chen Chao, do you feel that Malaysian, in Malaysia itself, we actually have enough uh, support players? You know, because if you're talking about big platforms, it's like Fave, Grab, so on, that connects SMEs to go digital. But do you think we actually have enough like digital players to support so many businesses in Malaysia or the economy that it's sold up when, when this thing ends? Or you feel that a lot of people, you know, will be left out and then a lot who do not think and evolve will actually die down. Do we actually have enough resources to actually grow back what uh, what we see during the past few months ago? Yeah, I think definitely there are more than enough resources because I think that, I think every platforms because it's digital, right? So, no, there's no limit of what, so let's say like for Faith, today we serve 35,000 businesses. Can we serve 100,000 businesses? Yes. 500,000 businesses? Yes. Right. I think the same thing for a lot of the platform as well, whether Lazada, Shopee, whether Grab, and all those things, right? So I think, and I think that there are multiple platforms that basically get on, on board. And I think that delivery as well, I think as they build upon, they will build up their capabilities to drive it. I think there are platforms that 
So like, let's say we have people like Exabytes where we bring people go to digital. And I think if nothing of this it sounds too complex, I think Facebook could be a one of the platforms, right? Just go on, create a Facebook page and start from there. I think that's a lowest cost. Or Instagram. I think there are many Instagram sellers selling through Instagram, whether by TikTok, via YouTube. So I think there are many resources. I think in the end, is think out of the box. And I think go with your strength, right? What are you good at? How are you going to portray it? And again, is I think that there will be lots of influencers coming on board. It will be what kind of influencers, how do you get things, and I think you can build through. I think today, things can be viral very fast. If you create something that is unique, fun, people find it engaging, people would share. And from your own few hundred friends on Facebook or a couple thousand friends, overnight, it could actually spread, right? So I think whether we hashtag, whether we whatnot. So I think basically is the world is out there. I think is I think stay positive. And of course, I think there will be groups that is maybe fire harder, the older generations and everything. So I think that's where the, I think a lot of support should be thinking on how do you help them to break, come on board. And I think a lot of platforms today is make it super easy for the large platforms to operate, right? So let's say for faith merchants, they just need to take a look at it. And the transactions are all happening on consumer end. So basically a lot of, I think pretty much most platforms today are able to handle that. And I think the other one is that for all those that would try to create a service, I think it's ensure your quality of service because reviews and ratings will become very important. I think one thing on Faith is that after every transaction, consumer can rate their merchants. And I think what we see is that those businesses that serve their customers well will get, will get better rating. Their sales will keep on going up. Those that treat their customer poorly, that over time their sales will go down. So I think the same thing, I think if you look at it in Lazada, Shopee, rating review is very important, but even on Facebook, right? So I think basically do something with right intention, right quality and right integrity. I think go for longer term rather than short term. Indeed, man, I totally agree with you. Like uh, a few other clients that I run through, I said this is actually, uh, we can consider it as opportunities to really grow in the branding side in terms of trust. You can do more content to show people about what you guys have been doing, why you guys should trust us to do things like that and all kinds of other aspects of like content on social media, which they uh, didn't really have the time to think about before. Now's the time. Uh, what you say is so correct. Keep it simple. If any platform you can get on to just do something that you can start selling and start promoting a business, just go ahead and do it. Do not try and overthink it. A lot of people, you know, now suddenly they're scrambling to build very complicated e-commerce systems on their own and things like that. And my advice to them is, I don't think you have the time anyway. You know, you, you, what you need is money to come in fast and probably you need to f- explore the avenues that allows you to actually collect money fast right now because development is going to take a lot of time. You are approaching the, the problem through a different approach and probably an approach that is not too suited with the current situation, right? So, uh, and some, in, something interesting that I would like to know, right, Chen Chao, is that... Uh, so. Uh, I bet Faith have, have their path, like you guys know what you guys are going to do in 2020. However, I would like to know that did the coronavirus and the MCO and everything actually alter certain kinds of trajectory on how Faith is probably taking the platform to the, to the next level in the next half a year? Yeah, so I think in terms of big picture, I think the, our mission to help uh, offline local businesses to digitize, I think this coronavirus actually helped to speed it up, right? So I think definitely there are several functionality features that actually got accelerated so i think we got more things rolled out in a shorter period of time and i think there are more things that's being being looked into built upon to go in so i think directionally there's no change 
I think that what we have seen this is that it has brought forward a lot of things. So let's say, like example, digital signature wave businesses, right? Back then, there's still a small group of businesses that require face-to-face meet, physical signature, right? As in the last few weeks, 100% digital signature. I think that drives that process significantly through to enhance the speed of bringing the businesses to go online, right? Because back then, you have to meet, you know, pass through. And I think that the productivity of the team has gone significantly higher as well because now you don't have traveling time, traffic jams, and all those kind of things. Morning, you wake up, you start, right? So I think those kind of things. But I think in terms of cost serving to the merchants and consumers, I think that it's, it's still similar. I think the businesses have businesses digitized. Consumers are getting the great offers, uh, convenience, and stuff for them, right? So I think they, nothing changed. I think in the end, it's a what kind of things. So let's say back then, we may not think of getting the fish, uh, veggie for the people, but we knew that a lot of consumers couldn't buy those things. Now they can get a huge selection of those. And I think that the way we go in on a lot of those things as well is that understanding this purchase pattern. So I think a lot of set meals, set veggie and one other thing, even like Tea Life selling their bubble tea kits, right? So I think we... we yeah, the DIY bubble tea kits. Yep. Yeah, so we are selling <laughs> that on, on Faith platform as well. I think one tip is that's actually the cheapest price you can get it. Uh, true. <laughs> so I think they provided those kind of platforms, right? So I think it's enabling that. So I think it's constantly driving that. So I think a lot of time when we, how we develop our features, everything is constantly talking to the local offline SP, uh, businesses and understanding what their needs are and what do they want probably on the software, what particular they go for. And a lot of things that we built is built with them. So let's say FaithPay was built with Yao Yao. Let's say for FaithPay for retail was built with Sicily. So like our digital stamp card was built with Kyochon. So I think there are many features that was built with different different businesses, right? So let's say our table ordering was built with one of the bar in Singapore, right? So I think so various part of the businesses were built with different people in mind and basically solving their business needs. And then we iterate from there. Right, right. Great summary, great advice as usual, Chen Chao. So yeah, man, thank you so much you know, for sharing all these kind of tips. No, not really talking about faith in general, but it's more about like how can businesses really try and uh, survive and capitalize in the future when things get lifted and everything. So hey, thank you so much for your time. So actually, Chen Chao, we've come to the end of the show. I think it has been a, a very detailed show. <laughs> a lot of very uh, details you shared, which worked for you. You know, you've been in the industry for so many years. You probably know and what works, what doesn't work. So if people, uh, you know, at times like this when they are having issues and problems to actually grow their businesses, um, and we, we hope that uh, more businesses will then adopt in these kind of digital platforms to really help them up in the future. And yeah, so uh, all the best in uh, Faith's future undertakings, Chen Chao. Hope that generally you guys can achieve your vision and the goal much faster towards the hearts of helping all these merchants to go digital uh, more efficiently and even better. So right, okay, thank you Chen Chao very much for your time. Yeah, thanks Jason, yeah, and stay safe, stay healthy everyone. Yeah, you too, man. All right, so you guys have been tuning to the Go Digital Jason Lo Show. With me is Chen Chao, the co-founder of Faith, and see you guys next time. Bye, guys. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to the show. Production by Rainworks Studio with my friend Chintat, music by Ofnil Naga and yours truly. Enjoyed this episode? Please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform for more. This was Go Digital with Jason Lowe.